if God still has a purpose for him? Whatever. In that case, nothing can happen to him. But God doesn't have to have a purpose for him. It's enough if he knows. If God knows he's going to be run over, he'll be run over. If God knows nothing's going to happen to him, nothing will happen to him. But that can't be right. That would mean it doesn't matter what anyone does. Daddy, where's the mistake? There is no God, said Arthur. That's the mistake. Everyone went quiet. Then Arthur started the engine and drove off. Martin felt his heartbeat slow. Another couple of minutes and he'd be able to be certain that he was still alive. And school? asked Arthur. How's it going? Martin looked sideways at his father. Arthur had put on a little weight, and his shock of hair, which still had no gray in it, looked, as always, as if it had never been combed. Math is hard. I'm not sure I'm going to pass. French is still a problem, but not English anymore, thank goodness. He spoke fast, so as to get out as many words as he could before Arthur lost interest. I'm good at German. We've got a new physics teacher. Chemistry is the same as usual, but during experiments... Ivan, asked Arthur, have we got the tickets? In your pocket one of the twins answered, so now at least Martin knew which one of them was Ivan and which one was Eric. He eyed them in the rearview mirror. As always, something in their absolute identicalness struck him as false, exaggerated, even unnatural. And this was some years before they started dressing identically, too. This phase, in which they liked people to be unable to tell them apart, would only end when they turned eighteen a short interval during which not even they themselves were entirely sure which of them was which. Thereafter, they would repeatedly be overcome by a feeling that they'd each lost themselves at some point and were now leading the other's life, just as Martin from now on would never be able to rid himself entirely of the suspicion that he had died that afternoon on the street. Stop staring like a moron, said Eric. Martin turned around and made a grab for Eric's ear. He almost succeeded, but his brother ducked, seized his arm, and twisted it upward with a jerk. He screamed. Eric let go and announced cheerfully, Now he's crying. Pig, said Martin shakily. Stupid pig. You're right, said Ivan. Now he's crying. Pig. Pig yourself. You're the pig. No, you are. At that point, they ran out of things to say. Martin stared out of the window until he was sure that his tears would stop. The shop windows that lined the street gave back the reflection of the car as it passed, first shrunken, then elongated, then bent into a half-moon. How's your mother? asked Arthur. Martin hesitated. What was he supposed to say? Arthur had asked this same question right at the beginning, seven years ago, the first time they met. His father had seemed enormously tall, but also weary and somewhat absent, as if enveloped in a fine mist. He had felt shy in front of this man, but also, in some way that he didn't quite understand, a kind of pity. How's your mother? the stranger had asked and Martin had wondered if this really was the man he had encountered so often in his dreams, 
always in the same black raincoat, always faceless. But it was only that day in the ice cream parlor, as he dug around in his fruit sundae with chocolate sauce, that Martin had realized just how much he enjoyed not having a father. No shining example, no predecessor, and no burden. Just a vague image of someone who might show up one day. And now this was him? His teeth weren't exactly straight. His hair was all over the place. There was a stain on his collar, and his hands looked weathered. He was a man who could have been any other man. A man who looked just like any other man on the street, on the train, anywhere. Just how old are you now? Martin had swallowed and then said, Seven. And this is your doll? It took Martin a moment to realize that his father was talking about...